This episode contains some adult language, slice of life situations, a strange but lovable protagonist from an island to the left, everyday situations, mentally relaxing stories, and green hair. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 379, Yatsuba 2. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spire and Manga Review. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope you guys have been doing good during this relaxing, weird, and unusual time that we've had. I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually excited because this is a fun, relaxing, and chilled out episode. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is some podcast and Bang reviews about connectly enhanced narratives, where every episode we talk about one or two geeky topics, and I tell you the pros and cons about it. And since this is a manga review, obviously we talk about manga. I tell you how the art style is, the overarching plot, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I or my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our podcasts at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. And if you have any comments or concerns, email me personally at xan, that's zan, at spirakin.com. And I guarantee you I'll respond to you within probably a day or two. Also, we do have a Discord if you want to join that where you can actually comment on the various episodes. And more importantly, you can recommend stuff for that one, that only, The Wheel of Manga. And I'll be posting that up in the show notes. So if you want to check that out and add our Discord, check it out. It's kind of cool. So... Hope you guys have been doing well. Hope you've been doing great. I've been kind of chill and I've been preparing for the return of Greta. Uh, she's my partner in crime. She's been away for a little bit, but she'll be back and things will be awesome as usual. But besides that, let's get to actually some of the cool stuff that we talk about on this podcast, which includes manga news. And there was a lot that happened this week, especially with an event that occurred this week. But we'll get to that in a bit. And the first news is kind of a big deal because... One of the most infamous manga distributors, Faku, is involved in a lawsuit. Now, the Faku CEO and founder, Jacob Grady, announced on Twitter that Faku plans to contest Shenzhen Guanchai's trading trademark on the word Ahego. Now, for those who don't know, Ahego, it's an expression of kind of sexual arousal, often depicted in pornographic ecchi manga. And in June 2018, uh, Faku partnered with artist Asanagi to sell authorized Ahego shirts and fashion items. Now, this gets a little dicey because according to the Patent Office for the United States on their online database, Shenzhen Guangchai, the trading company, filed for the Ahego trademark in the U.S. in September 2018, and it was formally registered in April 23rd, 2019, which is kind of weird because that's, it's a, it's an expression. It's like, it's like trademarking duh or awesome. Just, it's very strange. But anyway, this trademark was filed under the international class code 25, which applies to clothing, footwear, head gear. And in the tweet where he announced that he's going to be contesting the trademark, he also claimed that the Shenzhen based clothing company uses stolen art and is trying to get Faku to stop selling their 100% official merch. So this is a weird, dicey situation. So we'll see how it goes, and I'll keep you informed on what's going on with that. Personally, I think that it's ridiculous to trademark a word, but 
Who knows? Anyway, so the bigger news is that this weekend, San Diego Comic-Con at home happened. And that was San Diego Comic-Con's answer to COVID-19. Since they weren't going to have an actual physical convention, they did an on-home online digital convention that you could watch on YouTube. Most of the videos are still available, and there's some great stuff on there. There's the reunion for Constantine. There's a Star Trek convention um, panel. There's panels about Funko Pops, panels about some Marvel stuff. Not too much. The big thing for Marvel was New Mutants panel and the um, panel on Hellstrom, which is based on the Son of Satan comics. But for us, since it's a manga podcast, I checked out mainly the manga-centric panels, and there were a lot of them. And many of them were really excellent to watch and were done really well. Now, the panels that were involved were the Manga Publishing Industry Roundtable, which involved everybody from Ben Applegate to Ed Chavez. And it was amazing to see them all there talking and showing that they were alive, and they were just explaining the awesomeness of mangas. And it was really a well-done panel. It was moderated by Deb Aoki. If you have a chance, watch it. It's very informative. You had the Shaman King Then, Now, and Tomorrow panel, which they talk about Shaman King and what's going to happen to it. It's history and is a little bit informative. There was a how to write and create manga, which felt a little like a, you know, those how to create manga books. It was a little kind of informative, but it felt a little pandering. You had Tokyo Pop. Yes, they had a manga panel. Tokyo Pop manga for everybody. And they talked a lot about their LGBTQ manga and their youth manga. And on the one hand, Stu Levy drove that company to the ground and brought it back. And while I, I'm kind of iffy on what he did, seeing that panel kind of gave me a little bit of faith in what he's doing. So I'm not going to write out Tokyo Pop yet, but... It's a very different panel. Uh, you had Read Manga and Learn Classic Literature, the panel, where it talks about a lot of the manga, which are adaptations of classic literature. That was kind of fascinating because I own some of the series, but they went all the way back to the classic stuff, to the modern stuff. I would check it out. There's Udon Entertainment's 20th anniversary, where they went over their history. You had the Best and Worst Manga of 2020. That felt poorly done. That was just a my opinion panel it wasn't terrible but i check it out anyway uh kodacha comics gets weird or sorry kodacha comics got weird manga panel which is about the summer 2020 releases that one informative and it's kodanchi that was nice and then finally we had the 32nd annual will eisner comic industry awards which manga was abound in and we had a couple of announcements now First off, Kodansha Comics, their online panel, the Got Weird Manga, and the Shaman King Manga announced that they're going to be releasing several spin-offs for Shaman King, as well as the original series. Now, the spin-offs are going to be released digitally, and first off, on August 4th, we're going to have Shaman King Zero by Hiroyuki Takei, Return to the World of Shaman King, and Shaman King Flowers by Hiroyuki Takei, and this one is a brand new sequel about Shaman King. Now, on August 18th, you have Shaman King Superstar by Hiroyuki Takei. And this is with some of the secondary characters. And then we had Shaman King Red Crimson, which is by Hiroyuki Takei and art by Jet Kusamura. And this is focusing on the secondary characters Tao Jun and Li Pai Long. And this is going to follow them as a battle against Red Crimson. Now, 
the actual Shaman King manga is going to be released physically by Kodansha Comics in 11 3x1 omnibus editions. And they're going to be launching between 2021 and 2022. And the first two are going to launch simultaneously in spring 2021. So there's that. So if you haven't gotten Shaman King, you could definitely check it out from Kodansha. I wonder how the translation is going to be, though. Anyway, other big news. The 2020 Will Eisner Comic Industry Award Panels revealed the winners this year. And first off, Zach Davidson, translator and friend of the podcast, was nominated for Best uh, Adaptation of a Works. where he, Or sorry, Best Translated Works, where he translated uh, In the Mouth of Madness. And unfortunately, he lost to Neil Gaiman. So that happened. But the big thing was that one... Tayo Matsumi's Cats in the Louvre, which was translated by Michael Ara, and Kimome Shimahama's Witch Hat Atelier manga, which was translated by Stefan Kolair, tied for the win in this year's Best U.S. Edition of International Material Asian Award, which is kind of cool. So two awesome mangas tied for the Best Edition of the year. Now, we reviewed Cats of the Louvre in episode 356 of this podcast, if you want to check my opinion on it, and haven't gotten which had Atelier yet. It is on the list of the Wheel of Manga. We'll see how that goes. Um, additionally, Kosoke Ono's Way of the House Husband, which I'm a huge fan of, won the best humor publication, and we reviewed that in episode 314 of the manga review. And there were a bunch of other mangas that we talked about that were nominated. So uh, Beastars was on there. Uh, Blue Period was on there, and I'm kind of happy that this year was more manga-centric and wasn't like mangas go in the back of the room. These mangas were used to showcase the best of what mangas are, and I think that we're finally in a world where mangas are being considered an actual medium. And hopefully, we'll be able to actually see more of them show up over time in more mangas, and not just the divide of manga versus comic, because they're the same thing, and you could see more doing it. And maybe in the future we'll actually have, well, maybe mangas will become the norm. Who knows? We'll have to wait and find out and see. And that's about it for San Diego Comic Con at home. So let's get to some real manga news now, shall we? And we've got a bunch. Now, first off, on August 27th, Masamune Kun's Revenge, the manga, is going to be releasing a special chapter about Masamune and Aki, which is set after the final chapter. And this is going to be released in Monthly Comic Rex magazine. Now, for those who don't know, Masamune Kun's Revenge was created by Hazuki Takeoff and Tiv. And it was licensed by Seven Seas Entertainment. And this tells the story of Makabe Masamune, an overweight child who's mercilessly teased by one particular girl, Aragaki Aki. And determining to get revenge on her, Makabe begins a rigorous regiment and transforms himself into a handsome, popular, athletic, and intelligent young man who is completely unrecognizable from the child that he was. Now, after years of plotting his revenge, he transfers to Aki's school and he plans to confront the girl who bullied him and tormented him and eventually humiliate her and get revenge. However, is this revenge going to be as sweet as he thought? Well, it's a weird twist and turny series, so I'm... Um, Excited to see that there's an epilogue for this series. Curious what they're going to do with it, though. Uh, so for today, July 29th, Manga Planet announced that it's licensed five manga titles from Third Line. And I gotta say, they got some great series. The first one, which comes out on August 3rd, 
is Salaryman Kintaro by Hiroshi Motomiya. We talked about this and reviewed it in episode 267 of this podcast. And this is the story of a retired ex-bike gang leader who leaves his hometown where he worked as a fisherman until his wife, Akimi, passed away. So now, with his son, Ryota, he's gone to Tokyo and he's going to start his new job as a salaryman. Now, the question is, he going to be able to handle the office work and office politics being a salaryman? Well, put it this way. There is a sequel series of this called CEO Kintaro, Upper Management Kintaro. He totally exceeds of this it's kind of a crazy weird series there's a spin-off alternate universe where he becomes in charge of a construction company so yeah it's kind of crazy but this comes out august 3rd on manga planet on august 4th sakigate otoku juku is coming out and that is charge men's school by akira miyashita now this is an insanely crazy popular manga about a crazy school of high school boys if you've ever seen Cromartie High School, that is a parody of this series. And it's about the kind of school that seems like it's up to no good. And the headmaster is the only person that believes that giving these kids an education will provide them with a bright future. And how is he going to deal with their violent issues? This is crazy and weird and fun, and I'm excited for this one. On August 5th, Peacock King by Makoto Ogino comes out. And this is one about, well... When people have problems of a spiritual nature, they know who to go to for help. High up in Mount Koya, where the Koya Hijiri live, there's a young man named Kojaku, after the peacock wisdom king Mahayama Yuri. With his spiritual skills, chasing back malicious spirits is a piece of cake for the fearless Kojaku. But are these daily threats all that life has in store for him? Who knows? On August 6th, Silver Fang, the shooting star Jin by Yoshiro Takahashi comes out. And this is the story of Daisuke, a young man who him and his parents live in the snowy mountains of Akita. And he grows up with great tales of bear hunter Gohei Takeda and his bear hounds. And one day he decides to hunt for an evil bear. And he finds a rare puppy that he names Gin. And then he decides to train this puppy as a great bear hound. So cute, sweet, kind of similar to Call of the Wild or um, Where the Red Fern Grows. It's got a lot of love for doggies. So if you're a fan of dogs, you'll love this. Uh, and last and not least, you have on August 7th, The Magical Taruto. And this is by Tetsuya Igawa, the creator of Golden Boy. And this is kind of different than that. It's not as perverted. This story is about a magical book that if you say the right words, it could summon a magician. And this magician's name is Taruto, and he grants wishes. But whenever he does good deeds, it makes him weaker. And this young boy, Hanmaru, wants one thing. He wants to stop being bullied and get to hang out with his new friend, Iona. And Tarutaro helps him do that. Kind of the typical kid gets superpowers or a genie, and the genie helps him out series. Fun, weird, and strange. Now, as usual with Manga Planet, the first chapter of these mangas are going to be available for free in the Manga Planet library. And if you become a subscriber, you'll be able to read the subsequent chapters. So, there is that. So, other news. On July 28th of 2020, which was yesterday, Young Champion Magazine announced that Toshi Yoshida is launching a new manga installment in his 
Arcore Night series, and this is going to be titled Arcore Night Remember Tomorrow Ghost Note, and this can be released in the next issue of Young Champion magazine, which is August 11th, and this is going to be the fifth installment in the Arcore Night series, and that series centers around delinquent Haruma Yuki, who seeks to join the bicycle gang Linda, and it shows his efforts to join the gang, which pretty much follows the activities of Linda and its leader Zenba as they clash with rival motorcycle gangs. So if you're a fan of motorcycle gangs, you'll like this series. Now, another big news from yesterday. Uh, Crunchyroll, the awesome, amazing anime manga platform, which is online, surpassed 3 million subscribers. And they have over 70 million registered users. So congratulations, Crunchyroll. Congratulations on a great job. Now, on... On July 27th, Inio Asano, the creator of Dead Dead Demons Destruction, published a new one-shot manga titled Moshimo Tokyo, or What If Tokyo, in the 35th issue of Shogakuken's Big Comic Spirits magazine. Now, in a message accompanying the manga, Asano explained that he created the one-shot for display at an art exhibit in August. But since COVID-19, the exhibit has since been delayed, and... He finished the draft for the manga in February before much of the new virus came out. And what started out as a what-if Tokyo scenario has now become normal Tokyo. He added that even though the art exhibit was delayed, the manga would lose its meaning if it did not debut this summer. So this was published and released, and he only changed a few lines. He ended his message by saying that what is normal has faded into the past, but still hope that people can reclaim some sense of normalcy sooner rather than later. So if you have a chance, check it out. It's kind of a interesting study, I gotta say. <sighs> We're getting to the end of our news. We got a couple of bit left. Now, next two. On July 26th, Starfruit Books announced that it has licensed Kakigo Surakawa's Zombie Sawabe manga. And this is a one-shot that's 34 pages. That's all we know about it. And then this next bit of news is a little kind of depressing and sad. But anyway... On the 26th, Sumito Aware, the manga artist of Keep Your Hands Off Aizuken, issued a statement on Twitter after readers discovered that he was following several Pixiv accounts that specialized in erotic art of underage characters. The art in question was by multiple artists and depicted by both realistic-style 3D CG and uh, 2D anime-style art. And... What Orari wrote in this tweet was, I followed 3D artists whose work I thought was good for reference material without knowing about the illicit content. That is, until people overseas certified that it was pedophilia. That's all I have to say. It's ridiculous. I guess photorealistic content isn't treated the same way as 2D. I really don't get it. I don't usually talk about this sort of thing, but this is a serious topic. I know others in the situation usually say things like, how can I explain? But all I can say is, I don't get it. Honestly, I don't care. People assume things like if you follow this kind of erotic artist online, that's the type of person you are too. Crab emoji. That's all I have to say about this topic. Since then, he's quit following the erotic artist on Pixiv. Now, for those who don't know, Pixiv is a Japanese, well, kind of a like Fiverr site with different mangaka and artists and other things in there as well. So yeah, that happened. Kind of depressing. Uh, let's end this off with, well... Last bit of news, on July 23rd, Ryuta Amazune, creator of Nana Takaru, released a new one-shot manga titled Semitsu Saiten, 
or Checking Carnal Secrets in the 15th issue of Hakusensha's Young Animal Magazine. And this story centers on an adulterous relationship that begins with a workaholic married woman named Aoi who has a chance encounter with someone while resting in a room. Uh, I didn't expect all this news to be so, well, mature and strange this week. I was hoping for a little bit happier, sweeter news. I mean, all the stuff from San Diego was awesome, but all the other stuff is kind of all over the place. So, yeah, it's kind of a shame. But who knows? Uh, You know, news hopefully will be better next week. We got a lot of stuff coming out, including a couple of really good conventions. And speaking of which, I will actually be finished hopefully by tomorrow with my panels for Anime Next Online. There's going to be an Anime Next Online where we, you know, so they're doing an online convention, and I'm really excited for that. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, I got two panels going. I have From Inside the Pantry Horror Anime Manga, and then I have that other panel, which is awesome and great, which is Order Up Culinary Manga Practical Applications, where I talk about cooking manga and all their awesomeness. So stay tuned for that. And with that shameless plug out of the way, let's actually get to the actual reason why I do this podcast. And what are we talking about? We are talking about the manga review of the episode. So, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And it dictated me that reviewing a manga that was written by Kiyohiko Azuma, the creator of Azumanga Daio. Now, this manga was published by ASCII Media Works and released over here by Yen Press. It is a shonen comedy slice of life series that originally ran in 2003 to the current day. It's still coming out. There are 14 volumes, and it is a weird, strange, whimsical, and just relaxing and cute and fun series. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Yatsuba 2, or Yatsuba Ambersand, which is the at and sign exclamation point and to explain Yatsuba is very simple it is about a young five-year-old who is super curious and explores the world around her and all the things that happen to her pretty much every chapter is Yatsuba and this happens so Yatsuba experiments with the neighbors Yatsuba and candy Yatsuba at the store Yatsuba on a hot air balloon and it's just a continuing story about her and her dad and all the antics she gets into now Yatsuba is this super energetic five-year-old who's just infectiously enthusiastic about everything and just no matter what she does you're just fascinated by seeing what she is interested in and there's simple things like just running around her neighborhood or going shopping or playing with her doll or or making pancakes with her dad or buying food with her dad it's just really simple slice of life stuff but it's very infectious and you get caught up in her excitement and the thing is before moving to their present house um from what we know yatsuba came from an island that she says was to the left and nothing is known about her biological parentage other than she was orphaned somewhere outside Japan and then her now dad adopted her and she has green hair and pretty much her hair looks like a four-leaf clover which is what Yatsuba translates as and 
she is a crazy weird girl. And I love that the description for her is, hey, have you seen a girl that you think, hey, that's a kind of weird girl? That's Yatsuba. Because she is kind of weird, but she's interesting too. And the most important person in her life is her daddy, her adopted dad, whose name is Yosuke Koiwai. And he is like her adopted dad and the straight man in a lot of her stuff. He tries to do the best he can to take care of his daughter and just deal with her antics. And he gets in some trouble himself. Now, he's a freelance translator. What he translates, we really don't know, but that's what he does. And he spends most of his time at home working on his work in under well an undershirt and boxers which leads to some problems later on but he 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 just very relaxed and down-to-earth guy now the other members of this cast include their neighbors the ayasis you have mr and mrs ayasi mrs ayasi loves yatsuba because she reminds her of her oldest daughter and she just treats her nice. Mr. Ayase just kind of shows up and he's he's really just the typical dad reading a newspaper situation. But the main people we focus on are the three daughters of the Ayase family, Asagi, Fuka, and Enya. Now, Asagi is the oldest. She's 20-something. They don't really tell you. And she goes to university and she is kind of a chaos bringer. Like, she is the most adult, but she's super lazy when she's at home. And she loves messing with people. She messes with Yatsuba. She messes with her mom. And she causes trouble like there's no tomorrow. At one point, Yatsuba tries cake for the first time. Strawberry shortcake. And Asagi shows up and she grabs her mom's strawberry and eats it in front of her. And her mom's like, you're a devil child. Why would you do that to your own mother? And then she does it to Yatsuba. And she's about to eat it. And you see Yatsuba about to cry, looking distraught. And you see her realize, I shouldn't do this. And she just moves back and she ends up putting it back on her cake. So she has a heart, but she's kind of crazy. And also she's considered the most beautiful out of all the sisters. Because she's tall and big boobed and all that. Next one is Fuka. Fuka Ayasi. And she's the middle sister, 16 years old. And she's the most dependable and responsible of the sisters. She's constantly putting herself out there, helping out the Kawais, and it leads to lots of stress for her. But she kind of helps out all the time. Also, it's kind of funny because she's always put in these really weird situations because of Yatsuba and doesn't know what to do, and she just deals with it. She's kind of more the straight man than Yatsuba's dad, and it gets kind of insane how crazy it gets to. At one point, she gets stuck in a window, and Yatsuba's dad has to help get her out. It's just like a these neighbors are weird situation. Also, little fun thing about her, she is a super bad pun girl, which I think that Greta would find hysterical. But more importantly, she wears t-shirts with strange pictures on them that everyone makes fun of her about. And one of the main strange people that shows up on her shirt is Chio's father from Azumanga Dayo, who also shows up in her room as a plush and a keychain. And unfortunately, Yatsuba likes her, but she calls Fuka the one who is not pretty. And finally, we have the youngest sister, Enya, who is Yatsuba's main playmate. And she's the 10-year-old who pretty much Yatsuba follows around and tries to make friends with, even though Yatsuba doesn't understand what's going on half the time. Uh... Enya is super smart, and she and her best friend, Mira, are constantly doing something 
intellectual or something environmentally sound because they're very into environmentalism. And this leads to a lot of crazy antics. And Enya is like the most earnestly kind character in the whole series. She's so nice. It's kind of, it's wholesome. She's willing to do a lot for this neighbor girl who kind of is bothering her all the time, but she's willing to be patient and nice to her, even though there are times where she kind of confuses her. At one point, she says that the air conditioner is bad because of environmental evilness. So Yatsuba thinks that, oh no, you're going to destroy the world if you turn on the air conditioner. But then her dad's able to convince her, air conditioner isn't bad. Uh, other thing is that Enya is appreciative and really smart and level-headed, and she's a big sister to Yatsuba, like a good big sister figure. However, at times she does have to say little white lies to make Yatsuba happy, like saying that Yatsuba's art is good even though her art is terrible. Or the best one is that um, the creation of Donbo. Now Donbo is a cardboard costume that uh, her friend Miura makes for an event and she convinces Yatsuba that that's an actual robot. And it completely just confuses her. And it's a, it's a hysterical scene of her explaining, oh, Donbo's real. I swear you gotta put coin in, in Donbo because Donbo's a robot. We promise you. And it's just this little white lie that's funny. Because if they told her the truth, she'd be devastated. Uh, the only other character really to talk about is, well, the two other characters. You could talk about Jumbo or Takeshi Takeda, who is... Uh, Yosuke Kaiwa's best friend who is this super tall 6 foot 11 210 centimeter tall florist who is uh, dad or Yosuke's best friend and he's constantly there to help him out whenever he needs help moving or doing things and Jumbo is always kind of also the let's do something weird guy like hey you want to go to the beach today and he or let's go uh, camping he's the one that comes up with the idea. And he's, he means well, but he's super impulsive. And then the last one is Yatsuba's quote-unquote arch nemesis, uh, Yanda, who is uh, Yosuke's kind of no-good friend who didn't show up to help the Koiways move, but he is just kind of that friend you have who's kind of a jerk but shows up and hangs out. And Yatsuba gets so mad at him because they're constantly fighting with each other. It's like, he's immature. And like I said, to talk about Yatsuba is just like a, and then this happened, and then this happened. You can't do that. You have to read this manga. It is excellent because each segment is well done. It's well crafted. And when you read one, you want to read another and you want to keep reading it until you get to a certain point just because the antics she comes in. And two fun notes about this. First off, there is a spinoff of cat versions of uh, the Danbo character in uh, called Nyanbo. And this mini anime series you could see on different... Uh, you can see it on Crunchyroll. And I think it's also on Netflix. And it's really cute and weird. And you also can get Danbo as a gunpla. Which is really crazy. But Danbo was a spin-off of this series. And the other big thing is that... Despite the fact that this is super popular. And that Azamanga Daio was a great anime series. Um... Azuma Sensei said that there is never going to be an anime adaptation of Yatsuba. 
because the stories and style of Yatsuba are not well suited for animation. It's designed just as a fun little relaxing weird thing. Even though I think Yatsuba would be great as an anime, he says he's never going to do it. So if you want to find out about Yatsuba and her insanity, you have to read the manga. And you could probably guess what I'm going to rate this because the art style is classic Azuma style. It's so great. It's just nice and sweet and cute and weird and you just totally dig it. I will say that unlike Azumanga Dial, the backgrounds in this are super detailed. And you've seen him do it in certain chapters in Azumanga Dial where it was super detailed. But in Yatsuba, he goes above and beyond with a lot of the images and they're just gorgeous. Also, some of the little side things he draws are funny and great. Just, And this is a feel-good manga. That's all I could say about it. It's a feel-good manga and it's relaxing and... It's one where if you've had a bad day, you could read this and you'll feel great about it. And it's not a four coma. It's a straight, here's the chapter, here's what happened. And they're just one shot. You could read each one shot. There is an overarching story. You do see plot development over time. But you could just pick up one chapter and read it and you won't be lost. All you got to know is Yatsuba is the little girl. Her dad is Yosuke. And then there's the three neighbors that she constantly bothers. And that's it. So, yeah, I'm just going to say, this is a really, really, really cool. I'm not going to curse for this because it's Yatsuba. She doesn't need to hear bad language. This is a really cool manga, and it's worth checking out. It really is. It's our highest rating. If you have a chance, get the whole series. I'm pretty sure you, you'll love it. And our random question of the day is, if your neighbor was Yatsuba... Would you be able to deal with her? Or would you just be like, yep, no, we're not we're, we're not talking about this. <laughs> let me know. Email me, zansparker.com. And also let me know what you think about this manga. If you've read it, do you agree that it's really, really, really cool? Or do you think it's meh? Let me know. zansparker.com. So remember, check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparker.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and all those other social media sites. And... Before I forget, uh, last thing is our manga release news. So here are all the manga releases for July 28th, 2020. We only got 20 releases. And I'm actually excited for most of them. Uh, we have uh, Barukamon, Volume 18, Plus 1. BL Metamorphosis, Volume 2. Cosmo Familia, Volume 2. Defrag, Volume 14. Didn't I say to make my abilities average in the next life? Volume 4. Ghostly Things, Volume 3, Goblin Slayer Side Story, Year 1, Volume 5, the manga, Kingdom Hearts 3, the novel, Volume 2, Little Devils, Volume 4, Magic User, Reborn in Another World as a Max Level Wizard, the light novel, Volume 2, My Monster Secret, Volume 21, My Room is a Dungeon Rest Stop, Volume 3, There's Nicola Traveling Around the Demon World, Volume 3, Pandora in the Crimson Shell, Ghost Dern, Volume 13. Sacrificial Princess and the King of Beasts, Volume 10. Soul Eater, The Perfect Edition, Volume 2. The Hero is Overpowered but Overly Cautious, Volume 2, The Manga. The King of Fighters, A New Beginning, Volume 3. To Love 
Darkness Volume 17 and Toilet Bound Hanukkah Coon Volume 4. And I've got to say, there are some really excellent series in this. The ones I'm most excited for are, well, let's be honest. It's My Room is a Dungeon Rest Stop, Magic User Reborn in Another World is a Max Level Wizard, Goblin Slayer the Side Story, Didn't I Say to Make My Abilities Average, and Defrag. Which of these are you most excited for? Let me know. Zanspiker.com. And so I guess that's it for this episode. So it's time for that part you've all been waiting for. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. Except no substitute. Now what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I've done is I've assigned a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. And what we're going to do is we're going to spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on. The manga that's corresponding to that number is a manga we're going to review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 380. 380 episodes, can you believe it? It's kind of crazy. But let's spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode, because I'm kind of excited. So let's see. Number three. Oh. So, in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a manga that has been kind of questionable, and people have enjoyed it and hated it also. Well, what am I talking about? I'm talking about R.A.W. Raw Hero. Kind of weird, kind of strange, and kind of trippy, but I guess that's what we're going to review in the next episode. So, I guess that's it. Thank you guys for listening. I've been your Hosan. I am Gonsville. Catch you guys next time, and keep reading manga. I'll see you.